garden party Reminisce with my old friends A chance to share old memories Say the song again Hey, hey, Conversations with Alaskan Gardeners on the air, 2020. Margaret Tharp, David Lindrum, Landscape Alaska, we're welcoming you all to May. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, what a delightful spring. We've been loving it, absolutely loving it. What a weather bonanza. We've had so much of everything. We just took... 30 yards of snow out of our yard the week before last. I know. We, we got emptied our greenhouse. <laughs> yes. We're setting up shop. Set it all up. All that stuff we stored. Well, half of the stuff we stored in greenhouses over the winter is now out in the yard. Right. New black tarps on the ground. Everything's shiny. Everything booming into new growth. And it's so exciting. So many birds at the nursery. And owls. And owls. We have an owl. Two owls. We hear two owls, two distinct owls, How, and and rabbits, rabbits popping up out of the forest and coming into the yard and standing around eating the spruces. So this is a call-in show. This is Conversations with Alaskan Gardeners. That's right, from Landscape Alaska. So if you'd like to call us. 586 and you're on the air, no matter where you're calling from, 907 586 and you'll be on the air with Margaret Tharp and David Lender of Landscape Alaska, and we'll be talking about all kinds of gardening and green thumb events. So we've had lots of calls about garden soil, about what to do about my lawn, how to fix snowplow damage. What uh, new apple trees are coming? Trees that split apart from the ice and snow building up on them in the wintertime, how to fix that. And uh, if you have any kind of questions you want to talk about, Give us a call. Give us a call. And if you don't feel like calling up and talking on the air, you can always email a question to us at landscapealaska at gmail. And you can reach us through our website, which is landscapealaska.com. Now, Landscape Alaska is a nursery and landscaping business that's been in a lot of locations around Juneau for quite a while. <laughs> you think? Yeah. And about three years ago, we bought a house Nomads. on the back loop road. And it's up above Goat Hill Road. So if you look at our website, you'll see a map of how to get there. If you can't find it, give me a call. We can't have a big sign by the road, part of the uh, highway code, I suppose. But if you have any trouble, we'll be glad to direct you. So the, the most common call we've had this springtime has been about vegetable garden soil. And we give them this information, that what we found is the, the very best result we've gotten for our garden soil is to make a mixture of washed sand, peat moss, and composted organic chicken manure. Equal parts of those all. And that way we end up with a weed-free, easily draining, disease-free, and fertile garden soil that everything loves. Now, that doesn't mean that if you have compost to add to that, that'll be great too. It's just, you know... Or your these, own rabbit manure. These are things that uh, you can easily go out and acquire to give the basis for your garden soil, for vegetable gardening. Y you can use it for other things, but you don't need to have it be as free draining as you do for vegetables. So vegetables require uh, a particular st structure in the soil so their tender roots can go as deep as they need to and be not 
drowned when it rains hard. That's right. It is all about drainage here in southeast Alaska, too. One of the reasons you use a raised bed is to get the water away from the soil, away from the surface, and away from the root area. So, you know, roots need oxygen. Leaves need carbon dioxide, roots need oxygen. And if the soil is too dense or too saturated, it's really hard for it to grow. And dense, what David means is that the, there isn't enough variation in particle sizes. When there's a variation in particle sizes of the texture in your soil, that means that there's air gaps between one particle to the other, instead of having it be like a smear of wet flour on your counter, which a lot of soils look like. And an interesting thing to do so you can get a, a good visual perception of what your soil really is like. So take an empty mayonnaise jar and put uh, four or five, ten tablespoonfuls of soil in it and fill it up with water. Give it a big vigorous shake and then let it settle. And then you can look and see visually what, what the majority of your soil is. Is it really, really fine or is it very, very coarse? The particles, I mean, when you look at, the, at soil, it's not all the same size. What Margaret was talking about, particle size, it ranges from sand, which is the biggest, to silt, which is like flour. Yeah, which is like flour. And you, and you, uh, you really want to have something that the water can drain through. So for vegetable gardens, less silt is better. More sand is better. So if we take the native sand, which we buy from uh, AgPro, the local washed sand, that makes the basis for it, and then we put in organic matter and uh, composted organic chicken manure for the fertility. It works really, really well. But this, this isn't the, if you wanted to grow in pots, for instance, if you wanted to have big pots and you wanted to grow things, you would use more of a... Higher, higher uh, particle size, even bigger than garden Bigger are. than this recipe. This is really <laughs> for raised beds, uh, row plantings, things in the ground, you know, with landscape fabric underneath them so the weeds don't come up from the bottom. But uh, if you wanted to grow in pots, you'd want um, a different type of mixture, much more like nursery artificial soil because in a pot, everything changes. That's right. In the pot, the, if it were just dirt, the fine particles would wash through the, the coarser particles and wash down and out and make a layer at the bottom of the pot that makes like a, a mud layer, makes it really hard to drain. So one of the things they figured out a long time ago for growing things in pots was to use a kind of a coarse bark as a basis and then add what other peat things moss. in there. Yeah, peat moss is a good one. Chicken manure. Uh-huh, and a little bit of lime. You always got to add some lime to it, particularly right. around here. Right, and... Well, that's the other reason why when you look at a nursery pot, it's not that you have holes just in the bottom, but you have holes along the side of the bottom of the pot so that the water can escape a little bit farther up than the very bottom of the pot. If you have only holes in the bottom of your pot, you need to prop them up on blocks of wood or something so it doesn't just make a, a sealed surface at the bottom when it's draining out. Mm -hmm. If you set, Can you imagine you take a coffee can and punch holes in the bottom of it well, it's got a rim that holds it up off the surface, so it's still going to drain. But if it doesn't have a rim of some kind or feet or blocks of, of wood, like Margaret was saying, that flat surface is going to sit flat on another surface below it, and it's not going to be able to drain out. So right. you'll get a bucket it's of water. It's wild. And how things are designed makes all the difference in the world. Being a designer, I have to say. That's right. <laughs> design rules. Yeah. Absolutely. Design rules. And Margaret is designing her little head off. She's got uh, 
design stuff scattered all over our domicile. Yeah, you'd think it'd be nice and or- organized, but there's something about all this hunkering down that uh, cleaning up things every day I'm not so enthused about. But getting out another sharp pencil and starting on another design, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Sure is. And, you know, it's warming up now, and so we're going to look at at the uh, the whole garden world coming alive. And one of the things that we've done in the last few years as as uh, organic gardening enthusiasts is we're utilizing beneficial insects as much as we can. And we're adding nematodes that hunt pests to our, to our various plantings. And it's the time of year that we're going to start ordering these nematodes and putting them in around the rhododendrons for the, the root weevils. And I was speaking to one of my friends the other day and he was putting nematodes in that he got specially for uh, Cabbage root weevils, cabbage uh, uh, root maggots, cabbage root maggots. And so those are the ones that attack the entire brassica family. So that'll be interesting to see if you can actually do that. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, in theory, in theory, it should work, but it's always a a how race. Much of it? It's That's a right. race, right? <laughs> how fast can the, the root maggots eat? the roots versus how fast can the nematodes get the maggots right uh, you got it exactly i hate that word maggot i mean <laughs> <laughs> well that's right and, and uh or the same thing with grub yeah and uh, there's just larvae anyway ah. we uh we've been participating in the master gardener uh online Garden conference. Garden conference that's been going on for the last couple of weeks. And David's going to be participating this Wednesday night. Um, Six talking, o'clock. Talking about new uh, Plant plants varieties. that are coming in and exciting things in the horticultural world. But uh, in the process of getting ready for that, we looked at all kinds of film about maggots. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you know it always happens just before dinner time too. Oh gosh! Anyway, let's not talk about that. Okay. Um, so being back in business is very exciting, and I think that this virus um, has really impacted everyone in the world. I mean, there's just no way to get around it. But one of the things that people have found really comforting is gardening. Absolutely. Even if it's just been going out and cleaning up the debris that's blown off their trees onto their lawns, you know, that just being able to feel like you can be outside in your own life and enjoy yourself in the sunshine. And the uh, enthusiasm with which people take it up is astounding. Mm-hmm. People that have never gardened before are, are a significant portion. But then there are all those people who have gardened and kind of got away from it got involved in so many other things in their lives and got uh, you know organized sports and uh, group events and theater and concerts and all those things now are you know backpedaling so now we're looking once again at spending a lot of time at home and one of the things you can do at home is you can grow stuff so um, we of course are enthusiasts and look forward to this growing year and uh, want everyone to have great success at doing it. And we'll do everything we can to help you. You know, go ahead and call us up or send us an email or even send us a text. If you have questions, you want some help, you want to figure out how to do it, we'll do everything we can to help you do that. 
we are really much more like missionaries. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what it's like, I guess. That's how it is. Anyway, Landscape Alaska has some great uh, partnerships with businesses here in town that are not just ourselves, but are that we contract with and work with. And one of our very favorites is Randy Hulse, and he is our builder and contractor who takes care of things for us on my projects that I design work. Uh, Randy is my go-to guy, and he does a beautiful job and really is precision perfect. And we're having these incredible hydrangea trees come up in our container next week, and I'm going to have Randy make me special boxes for them. So if you think you might want some kind of really exotic, beautiful hydrangea tree living by your deck or your entry in a box that you can also plant other things underneath it, you're going to want to come look at Landscape Alaska pretty soon. And the hydrangea trees are absolutely stunning. And they, if, if, they are amazing. And if you want to get in touch with Randy because you have your own projects, his phone number, Dave? 321-1269. Okay, his name is Randy Holtz. It's an H Construction. H and H Construction, that's right. Good morning, Conversations. Good morning. Um, would you remind the people at the radio station, it's important if you've got a frost alert to announce it the day before, not the morning after? Okay. Okay. We certainly they will. Announced it, they announced it this morning. I listened all day yesterday, and they said nothing about a frost alert until this morning after it was over. So would you men- mention that to them? Sure. I will. Did you get frosted? No, I'm Mount Knock Bay, so it was fine, but um, there may have been other pockets that were colder. So, so just so you know, too, that right around Mother's Day, it almost always frosts here. Yes. Because, you know, everybody's got their fuchsia baskets hanging out, and they're all freaking out over it. So, yeah, rem- and yeah. even though it's gone away today, it may come back tomorrow. So, um, thank you. I'll tell yes. them. Okay, thank you. I remember that about the fuchsias because one year they ended up looking like wilted lettuce salad. Yeah. Well, because have, everybody put them out and then it froze. Yeah, and, you know, we had, I, I can't tell you how many times I've woken up in the middle of the night, the day before the Mother's Day sale, thinking about the 50 hanging baskets I have of fuchsia in my greenhouse, right. you know. It was like, <laughs> okay, well, this is what it means to be a farmer, you know. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. know? Thank you very much. I love you the bet. conversation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. The big sale is off for this year. Hopefully, we'll get it back to it next year. Oh, I'm sure all the nurseries in town will be having their own sales, and who knows? You That's know, right. we all get to just do a different dance this year, and, uh, and we can have a great time. And it's still exciting. Yep. And the primroses are blooming. Primroses are coming up all over town. That's, as it seems to me like at least a third of the big garden sale is always primroses. Well, mine are just getting started, but I haven't been down in Montana Creek this week to see what's come to life. We take all the, the perennial plants we have in the fall, and we, we have all these big cold frames that we bury the plants in wood chips and put the cold frames over them. Our entire yard is filled up with cold frames dur- during the whole winter. We have to keep shoveling the snow off of them and, and make sure everything is still cool with them, but we just started taking the tops off. Today we're going to take them all off. Yeah. I'm really excited. And, you know, it's really cold where our nursery is. We're up higher in elevation, and uh, 
and things are a little bit later. Yes, if we chose perhaps the coldest part of town, we might have picked there. (laughs) It wasn't really what we were thinking about, but that's kind of what we did. Okay, so then in my conversation about partnerships that we have with people that we like to do business with, uh, there's Tyler Rental. And Tyler Rental has their dealer days going on right now, and the the discounts are astounding. So these are still products. Which we, we love. That's right. We use all kinds of them. And one of the things... Battery-powered. Battery-powered or gas-powered, we have them both. We've got all kinds of them. And, and that's pretty much the basis of our, our production maintenance business is utilizing all those steel tools, weed eaters and blowers and backpack blowers and pruning devices. Pruning and devices. The hedge, hedging power hedgers are great. Absolutely. And the, the steel has these, this new line of smaller battery-powered tools. Right. David who Mm -hmm. likes to spend my money, ordered himself his own little chainsaw for trimming in the trees. Oh, it's such a cute little chainsaw. (laughs) And it's a one-handed little chainsaw, too. And you can climb up on the ladder and hold on to the tree branch and reach out and cut it right off. And it goes along with the one I bought last year, which is a battery-powered little hedge trimmer. Sits in your hand like, like dog trimmers. And... And that, that one is actually on sale this weekend. Okay. So well, so what, is the chainsaw. So what kind of things do they have? Well, they have battery-powered backpack blowers. They have battery-powered handheld blowers, I mean. They got gas-powered backpack blowers that are on tremendous sales. They've got the... Uh, we that, could use a new one. Well, well, there you go. And they've got the, the little battery-powered hedge trimmer that comes much less expensive than I bought it when I bought it and it comes with an extra battery. And they got the, uh, the, the stronger battery-powered chainsaw, which, you know, it's probably more than I'm going to buy this year. But Don't they have a battery-powered lawnmower? They've got a battery-powered lawnmower. No, I'm a, really interested in that. They've got two. They've got one that you push, uh-huh. and the other one that's self-propelled that drives around. And the one that you push, is, does it have a smaller deck? You I know, can't tell. There's so many places that I would really like a smaller mower. Might have to look specially because I saw the one you have to push around, and I think it's a 23-inch deck. So that's still the standard. Yeah. Okay, well, then let's get the self-propelled one. With a little seat on it, you can ride around. <laughs> anyway, no, Tyler. sitting on the job, <laughs> Dave. Okay, that's Tyler Rental, and they are uh, also have the curbside service where you can pull up into their, their uh, parking lot, give them a call, they bring stuff out to you. That's great. Absolutely delightful. And they're such nice people. They are, and they can fix stuff, And they have such great product. There you go. Tyler Rental, welcome back to May. We're on top for you. And dealer days. I don't know how long it goes on. You could probably call Stacy up at Tyler Rental and ask her. But those deals are great ones. And uh, I'm going to be ordering nematodes. If you want to get on the nematode train, give me a call. Right. A million? A million nematodes? Uh, I put <laughs> I put 250 million nematodes on the university last year. Yeah, I need some more for my jobs. Okay, you got them. We'll put them down at the Park Shore, too. Mm-hmm. The uh, pest that we look at, particularly for rhododendron, is called a root weevil, and that makes the adult form makes those notches along the edge of the leaves. Right, that look like half moons. Yeah, and so if you see that, that's an indication that you've got that pest in your yard, and it's really not the beetle that's doing the major damage with those leaf bites. It is their babies, the larvae maggot. 
down maggot. there. Maggot. There's that, there's that name uh-huh. again. Down under the ground, and they're eating the roots. So if you see the, the notches on the leaves, that means there's something down underneath the ground that's going on, and you got to take care of that. Okay. And this is the ideal way to do it. And so uh, you need a few hundred million nematodes out in your yard. Mm-hmm. And these nematodes are something that are native here. It's not like you're you're bringing them in that have never been here, but they're native here like like uh, a hundredth of a of a concentration like that. So you're putting a hundred times as many of these native nematodes on the ground around there to attack something that's down there being a pest because it is the root weevil, which is the invader. Right. You know exactly. they didn't come here; they came with the plant. And they've been here, I don't know, maybe 20 years. We started seeing them 20 years ago. Another call coming in. Oh, good morning. Conversations. What can we talk about? Hello? Okay. Try I, um, oh, hi. Speaking of past, I, I've got uh, little notches on my, uh, on my lily plant. I'm just wondering what I can do to take care of those. Notches on the lily plants that are coming up now yeah, in your garden. Some some pest is eat, some pest is eating the 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 leaves. It's most likely baby slugs. Little baby slugs are out there right now. They come just as soon as the ground unfreezes. At least they're not maggots. They're not maggots. <laughs> they're <right>. slugs. <laughs> okay, so they, what? There what is a product. There's a product called Sluggo, and that's an iron phosphate. And I they used to buy it at Don Abel. I don't know if they carry it now. You could call them up and ask them, but it's, I'm sure you could get it online if they don't carry it because they're, it's, it's something that's safe to have around pets. It's something that's safe to have around kids, and it doesn't poison the soil. doesn't poison the birds. It only goes for mollusks. mollusks. So, uh, And that's something. Remember, when you use something like slug bait, you don't put it right around where the plant is. You put it oh, 10 feet away so that the slugs will go to it and go away from your your special treasure right and you must have a warm spot if you have lilies coming up i'm jealous okay and lily bulbs we're bringing lily bulbs in next week three kinds yeah and uh lilies do wonderfully here absolutely wonderfully here they love this climate and we're bringing in a stilby and bleeding hearts and bleeding hearts Uh and uh patricia geranium we have a friend in Washington that grows perennials by the dozen acres of a variety at a time, and he sells roots, nothing but roots. So we buy boxes of frozen roots from them that come out of their cooler, and uh, they come alive here in Juneau. And, man, that is a great way to get perennials here. Astilbes, bleeding hearts, geraniums, wonderful things, and the lily bulbs. Really, and, you know, having lily bulbs... They're so prolific that if you feed, if you have a garden that you are feeding three or four times a year, you get incredible flowers on your lilies. I mean, they'll grow even if your soil's poor and you don't feed them. But when you feed them, the return is tremendous. I mean, Ginger has this one lily bulb that came in soil that I brought her from our composted soil that she gets 60 flowers. But I know the reason she gets that many is because, of course, she's feeding and tending her garden, the devoted gardener she is. But that's exciting. It is. Okay, so our schedule for this coming year. So what do we do about aphids, Dave? There are uh, the same people that we're buying the nematodes from. 
sell larvae of ladybugs. So the, the adult ladybug is programmed to eat what's right around them and then fly away. Right. To go fly, fly around, lay eggs, and then, you know, die. Mm-hmm. But the baby ladybug is a particularly voracious predator of aphids. They'll eat hundreds a day. Well, remember when we put the aphids on the vine maple down at the museum? Cover it in several big sheets of plastic, left Uh a vent out of the top. Boy, and And, they ate And they had that that tree was loaded with aphids and came on it. Uh huh. And uh, we put 10,000 ladybugs in there. Mm -hmm. So now. And they took care of it. And they doesn't come back. They haven't come back. And so so there's that. And then there's also. If you watch my program on Wednesday night, I'll be talking about this on our Zoom conference, which you can you can register for the garden conference on the Master Gardeners website, seak-mastergardeners.org. And you register there, and then they'll give you the code to join it. It's free. They, there's, they want everybody to pay attention. They want everybody to see this stuff. When I gave my presentation, there were 350 people there. I mean, all over. That's right, in their homes. Yeah. And I don't know how many of them were in remote towns or how many of them were in Juneau. And some of, them, some of them were in Oregon, I know of. They all called us up. So anyway, we're talking about that. And one of the things I'm going to talk about, I'm close to the end of the show here, is there's this, this new way of distributing these pests, which is a little card that has a patch of eggs. And when you see... Oh, I saw that. And you put it on the branch. You hang it on your pepper plant. Yes. And when the and when the temperature's right and the eggs are are hatching out, it's just the right time for them to go eat the pests. So clever. So clever. <coughs> are we going to get some of those? Yeah, you betcha. Well, we'll have to get some peppers too. That's true. We need some peppers. <laughs> we'll have some peppers and some tomatoes in the greenhouse. No problem about that. So, um, I don't know if you guys know this out there in the big world, but. Not only are we fanatics about gardening, but we also have a business called Landscape Alaska. And um, I'm a landscape architect, trained, bred, raised to be one. And I also run a maintenance crew where I maintain people's yards, condominium units, uh, do designs for people so they can do their own yards. And... um, David is my horticulturist, and anything I don't know, uh, I just ask him. And I start talking. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have questions, do get in touch with us on our email, and uh, we'll be here every Saturday morning at 8.30. And check out our website, too, because you'll see Margaret's really beautiful drawings of landscape projects that she's undertaken. And um, think about the things you want to talk about. We like it best when people call and ask us questions, you know. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to be there today. We'll be we'll be there today until uh, I mean, we'll be we'll, we live there, right? So we'll be there, but we we welcome you until about five o'clock when we have to quit for the day. So look us up on the on the back loop and come see us. Yeah, have David get his chainsaw out for you. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you next Saturday. Thanks, everybody. Remember. And it's going to frost tonight. Watch and, out. And happy gardening. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. But it's all right now. I learned my lesson well. See, you can't please everyone. So you 
got to please yourself People came from miles around Everyone was there Yoko brought a walrus There was magic in the air Over in the corner Much to my surprise Mr. Hughes hid in Dylan's shoes Wearing his disguise But he's all right now Learn my lesson well See you can't please everyone So you got to please yourself La-da-da La-da-da-da Played them all the old songs Thought that's why they came No one heard the music Didn't look the same I said hello to Mary Lou She belongs to me When I sang a song about a honky-tonk It was time to leave But it's all right now Listening to Conversations with Alaskan Gardeners, sponsored by Landscape Alaska. 